Good morning, everybody. It's so good to be together and to gather. Happy 2021. How exciting. A new year, new possibilities. It's just endless. Clean slate. One of my favorite things about the new year and Christ and Sunday mornings is that every day is a fresh day. Every day is a new opportunity to come to Jesus clean, right? Um, and that's what Jesus does when we sin, when we fall short, when we don't hit the mark. He always offers us hope and forgiveness and a newness of life. And so I love times like this, New Year's, and refreshing and resetting. Um, but we're going to continue in the Gospel of Mark today. We'll be in Mark chapter 4 as we're slowly trudging through uh, the book of Mark and learning a lot of great stuff. Let's just go ahead and start with some prayer. Uh, Lord, I thank you for today that we can come and worship you and be with you and we can hear you and know you and have a relationship with you. I pray, Lord, that uh, we carry your light into the world that needs it, um, and we share your message of hope and purpose um, out into those who need it. Um, in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. So, today we are continuing in the Gospel of Mark. Um, and so within Mark, it's always good to kind of read it in context. So last week talked about, Shannon talked about uh, the person who sowed the seed, which was God, and it landed on a few different places in the ground. Uh, for some people, Satan kind of stole the truth from them, so the uh, word wasn't sown in their life. For some people, they took it with joy, but then the worries of the world just bogged them down and they couldn't do it. Uh, some people were really excited about it but they desired the world more than they desired Christ. And then you have the last group who heard the word, saw it, and multiplied. Whether it's tenfold, twentyfold, thirtyfold, they took the word, they had joy, and then they multiplied it. And today we're going to talk about the next parable, which is directly related to that, because now Jesus is kind of focusing on, okay, if you are the seed that, have heard, that has heard the gospel, and has taken it and has joy, the big question that we're kind of going to talk about today is what are you doing with that gospel message that we have received gladly and rejoice over and are thankful for? What are we doing about that today? And that's exactly what Jesus talked about in his parable. And so if you want to open up to Mark chapter 4, verses 21 through 25, it'll also be on the screen for you as well. And it says this, Jesus said to them, do not bring a lamp to put it under a bowl, or, or do you bring a lamp and a lamp to put it under a bowl or bed? Instead, don't you put it on its stand? For whatever is hidden is meant to be disclosed, and whatever is concealed is meant to be brought into the open. If anyone has ears to hear, let them hear. Consider carefully what you hear, he continued. With the measure you use, it will be measured to you. And even more. Whoever has will be given more. Whoever does not, even what they do have will be taken from them. As we approach scripture, it's always good to ask two questions. And the first and most important thing is, what does this reveal to me about who God is, his character, and, and just who he is, and how can I result in worship? And the second question that we always got to ask is, okay, how can I apply this to my life? How can I live more like Christ because of what the gospel message says. And so here is our first point in today is where you display your light is important. Where you display your light is important. And same thing for us. So I don't know if uh, who in their home is in charge of decorating. 
Um, or if you enjoy decorating your phone, or if you have a water bottle that has a whole bunch of stickers on it, um, or things in the home that you enjoy decorating, uh, you kind of take pride in how it looks, right? What you display, what you don't display is very, very important. In our home, uh, Sarah does the decorating, uh, mainly because she won't let me help with the decorating, but nonetheless, she takes it over. Except for one time each year, which usually lasts for about a month, I am in charge of decorating. I get to choose what goes up and what comes down and how it goes, and that's Christmas time. Uh, and mainly for that is Sarah doesn't want to unpack everything, then repack everything. She just doesn't like it. As soon as I get all the Christmas stuff out, she kind of just disappears. And our home isn't even that large. I don't know where she goes, but she's just gone until I'm done. Then she comes back and she puts an ornament on the tree, and then she says that she helped. But anyway, that's how things go in our home. But for Christmas time, we are very intentional about basically 95% of the things that we put up has meaning for us. We have these lights um, that one of our friends who passed away from cancer a few years ago made for us. And every year we put them up. And when they're up and when we light them, we're always reminded of her and who she is. Uh, we have a globe that we bought the first year that we were married. It's like a Mickey snow globe. And we always put it up every year. And whenever I take it out, because, you know, I do the decorating, I'm always reminded and thankful about how excited I was and am um, in our relationship. Uh, we have this fun hippo. Uh, that when Patty was a puppy, she used to bark at all the time. Uh, and when you press its hand, it sings the I'm a, I want a hippopotamus for Christmas. And so we have that up and we always play it. Now Patty doesn't really care about it. Uh, we also have a specific, and so don't judge me here, this is a safe space. We have um, specific holiday toys for Patty. So every year she has like 10 to 12 holiday toys that are only taken out in the month of December. And she absolutely loves them. Now let's talk about the tree. My favorite part in all the house when it talks about displaying things and showing things off. Sarah and I probably have around 100 ornaments or so. And every ornament that we have, we've received from a loved one. Or when we go traveling, we'll usually buy a keychain. And that'll kind of be our ornament. And we can kind of reflect on what it looks like. And so one of my favorite parts of decorating and my least favorite part about cleaning up is the ornaments, and I just love them, and, I'm, and I get to reflect on all the fond memories I've had of them, and I've even had some of when I've put up when I was in like first grade or second grade, and same thing with Sarah and all these like, um, yeah, fun ornaments, but there's one specific ornament that I absolutely love, and even when I was younger, it would always be in the center of the tree, near the top, right under the star, and I have it here for you to share it with you because it's super meaningful to me, so if you want to know what I look like in first or second grade, you can't even see it. But this is what it looks like. It's like a little uh, picture of me that, you know, you make in first and second grade. And it's like a little ornament hanging thing. And every year I put this up with pride and joy and it's displayed and you get to see it. And Sarah has an ornament uh, that she likes to put up that does not really look like this. And this is the ornament that she loves and cherishes and likes to put up. It is this awful ice skate that is fluffy and glittery and is should not even be considered an ornament it's just so interesting but she absolutely loves it anyway every year I play this game called hide this ornament in the back of the tree and hope that Sarah never finds it thankfully because everything is different during COVID I put this thing in the back of the tree the second day after the tree went up and Sarah never noticed that it wasn't in the front of the tree anymore and she likes to do the game of finding it and putting it back to the front of the tree. 
I don't take so much pride in this ornament, but I take a lot of pride and joy and reflection of this one. Because as we all know, there are just some ornaments that we have that are front of the tree ornaments and some ornaments that are back of the tree ornaments. Not to say back of the tree ornaments are not great, but we know which ones are which. And the reason why I share this and the reason why I talk about this is because Jesus is saying the same thing here in the Gospel of Mark. What you display with your life is important. Not only what you display, where you display it, how you display it, and then also what you don't display is equally reflective of who we are and our hearts and how we are as people. And this is what Jesus says in Mark. He said to them, Do you bring in a lamp to put it under a bowl or a bed? Instead, don't you put it on its stand? What Jesus is saying here in every parable, he's making a reflection or he wants us to realize what does the lamp mean? What does the bowl mean? What does the bed mean? And what does the stand mean? In every parable, you kind of have to dissect it and really dig deep. For us, the lamp means the gospel. Or it can also mean our reflection of Jesus in our everyday lives. Under the bowl or under the bed, what that means is us intentionally not sharing the gospel with others and those around us. Or us not correctly or accurately reflecting Jesus in our everyday. And then he says, don't you put it on a stand? What he is saying is living out the gospel in your personal platforms and lives. So when I say the word gospel, what does that mean, right? Christianese words. It means our reflection and sharing of what Jesus did on the cross when he came from heaven to earth for the sole purpose of dying to restore a broken relationship that you and I have with him because of our sin. So when he came and he died, he said, if you believe in me, lay down your life, call me Lord and follow me, you're going to have everlasting life and hope and purpose in me. And you are going to get all of those things. And, and what I am going to take from you is your sin and your failings. And I'm going to bear that on the cross. And I'm going to be, and I'm going to die in your place. And that is what the gospel is. And he did it. And all he says is believe and come and hope in me and you will have everlasting life. And so we were to reword this parable, it would say something like this. Do you put the gospel or who Jesus is in your life out on display when it's easy or do you do it when it's difficult? Do you take the gospel message of who you are in Jesus and what he's done for you and the beliefs that you have, do you share them with your neighbor? Do you rejoice with them at home? Do you reflect on them when you're at work? Do you share with your neighbor? Are you loving outwardly? Right? These are all the things that he is asking us in this parable. What are you doing with the lamp and the light that God has given in us because of who he is? The second point is this as we continue on in the parable. You cannot fulfill your purpose when you are hiding. The Christian life and walk in faith is not a giant game of hide and seek. It's not a giant game um, yeah, of hide and seek. Um, and so what Jesus is saying here is our gospel in us should not be hidden. In Mark chapter 4, it says this. 
For whatever is hidden is disclosed, and whatever is concealed is meant to be brought into the open. Which reminds me of an awesome Christian uh, song that says this. Don't let them in, don't let them see, be a good person, you were always meant to be. Conceal, don't feel, put on a show, make one wrong move and everyone will know. But it's only for today, it's only for today, it's agony to wait, it's agony to wait. Tell the guards to open up the gate. And I think in our walks and in our, if you didn't know that was Frozen, by the way, not really a Christian song, but still an awesome song. Jesus is saying, whatever is hidden is meant to be revealed. Whatever is concealed ought to be brought out in life. We shouldn't be ashamed of being followers of Jesus, and we shouldn't be ashamed of the gospel of Christ. Uh, As I reflect in my life, I have not always been perfect with this idea of uh, revealing what has been concealed, right, or bringing into life the things that are most important to me. And when I think about this, I really think of two times in my life. The first time is when I was in high school. Uh, So I thought I was a cool high schooler. I totally wasn't, totally lame. Uh, But I was part of the Christian club, and I only went to Christian club because one of my friends would make me a sandwich each week, and she would make me lunch. And so I would go and just kind of hang out with them and spend time with them. Every year for Christian club, we would do a giant outreach where we would go out on a lunchtime for 30 minutes, and we would share Jesus with people and invite them to come to the club, and we would do all of that stuff, which sounds great, right? Sounds exciting, sounds challenging for my faith. Um, I did not show up that day. I did not show up. I was too embarrassed. And there were, for, there were more reasons why. Uh, back when I was in high school, for all you youngsters, you may not understand, but those who are my age or older, there was a, a social media platform called MySpace, uh, where it was like the cool thing before Facebook and Instagram. And so what the Christian club thought that it would be really cool to do is to make a shirt that's like the MySpace blue, if you know what I'm talking about. And instead of MySpace, it has his space right here in the front, and on the back, it has a photo of Jesus um, and something about, like, accepting his friend request. And when I saw that shirt and realized what they were doing, I did not want to participate. But again, in that moment, I was concealing what ought to have been revealed. I was taking my light and the gospel and the lamp and hiding it under a bowl and under a table. I missed opportunities to step out in faith and share Jesus with friends and loved ones and random people that I just knew at school. And I missed that opportunity because I decided to conceal what God had in me. As an adult, sometimes when I'm driving around and God kind of calls me, hey, you should probably stop and talk to that person. But I think, no, 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 I shouldn't do that. That's me concealing what God wants me to reveal. Me personally, I'm a very practical guy. I really like things in my home that have value and purpose. I don't just want things, right? If, if things function well, then I am not going to bother it or move it or take it out and put it in with something that, um, that can replace it, even though that thing works. So for Sarah and I, whenever we go to, out of town, there are two things that we do whenever we travel. We haven't done it in a long time because we haven't traveled in a long time. The first thing is this. I like to unplug everything in the house. Everything in the house, everything that's plugged in is unplugged before I go. That's just my thing. For Sarah, what she likes to do is she likes to leave the porch light on the whole duration of whenever we leave for vacation or go down to Southern California. She likes to leave the porch light on. And this is like her and I will bicker back and forth about like what is the purpose and why. For me personally, there's just, it's not, the light is not fulfilling its purpose when it's light half the day 
and it's on, it's just kind of on, and it's not fulfilling its purpose. That's my thought. I'm a practical guy, but she says, hey, you never know. And so, you know, usually the wife is always right, so the porch light stays on, and that's just how things go. What Jesus is saying is he doesn't want our light to be hidden. He wants us to fill, fulfill our purpose in the things that we do. He wants us to reflect Jesus and not let that be hidden. He wants us to reflect and share the gospel and not let that be hidden. So how can we remedy these things when we have the gospel message and when we love Jesus with all of our mind, soul, body, strength? And also we carry um, places and spaces in our lives where we don't or are shy of or are scared of or are fearful to live out our faith. Right? If you're a believer in Jesus and you're not carrying some sort of fear of sharing your faith, then you probably haven't really shared your faith. It's not an easy thing, but Jesus called us to do those things. He doesn't want our lamps to be hidden. And here are simple things that we can invite people. If you have been scared to invite people to church, inviting people for virtual church is the easiest thing you can do. Because you don't see people in person anymore, right? When you were at work and you had to invite someone, you had to see them face-to-face, you had to talk to them. But now it's just so easy. You can send them a link. You can send them a text. You can secretly sign them up for the church-like text that we send out every Sunday morning. Not that I've done that. But there are many things that we can do to invite others. Next thing is verbal sharing and physically living. What that means is how we reflect Christ on a day-to-day basis. What we do when we're at the store what we do when we're at home, how we're loving those who are near us and around us constantly is a direct reflection of our light and our lamps. Our next point is this in the Gospel of Mark. is ears to hear. Mark chapter 4 verse 23 says this. If anyone has ears to hear, let them hear. And this uh, gospel story or this parable is not only in the Gospel of Mark. It's also in the other three Gospels as well, or it's in uh, Matthew and Luke, and each of those gospels have this phrasing, phrasing. If anyone has ears to hear, let them hear. It's all throughout Revelations, right? The churches, if you have ears to hear, let them hear. Yesterday, I was talking with a student, and we were reading Romans chapter 13, and we're kind of dissecting it. And in Romans 13, it had this verse, verse 5. It says this, therefore, it is necessary to submit to the authorities not only because of possible punishment, but also a matter of conscience. And so this idea of a matter of conscience. And then Romans 14 was directly talking about how those who are strong in their faith should love and care for those who are weaker in the faith and don't necessarily fully understand Scripture. So as we were dissecting these things, the student asked me, can you grow in your conscience? And what does that look like? And the author of the book that we were reading through said this, Our conscience is defined as a believer's knowledge of God's will and purposes. So when Jesus is saying, he who has ears to hear, let him hear. What he is saying is, is listen and grow in your faith. Grow in your knowledge of God's wills and purposes for your life. Luke 2.52 says, Jesus grew in wisdom, and in stature, and in favor with God and man. Paul challenged us to leave milk and crave meat and deep food. Paul told us to work out our faith with fear and trembling. 
James tells us, do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. He who has ears to hear, let him hear. In the God, or in Acts, it's believers who devoted themselves to the studying of Scripture. To listen, to reflect, and most importantly, to put into practice. Which is a good message I need to hear for my 2021. If I am to do anything this year that is of value and of importance, it is the application of God's Word. But the application can only happen once we listen to it. Listening to it will result in applying it in our lives. And our last point is this, to consider carefully. The parable ends off with Jesus saying this, Consider carefully what you hear, he continued. With the measure you use, it will be measured to you, and even more. Whoever has will be given more, and whoever does not have, even what they have will be taken from them. The more that Jesus is talking about here, right? With the measure you use, it will be measured to you and even more. The more that we will receive is not power or prestige or fame or glory or wealth or material possessions in this life. It's a spiritual wisdom. When we come to church and when we come to God and we come to reading our Bibles every day, what is the attitude and method that we come to Jesus with? Do we come with a giant basket asking him to fill us with who he is and take out all of our junk and fill it with him and hope and life and love and purposes and fruits of the Spirit? What are we going to Jesus with? That is the measure that we'd be measured with us. And Matt, just other examples. In Matthew 7, Jesus talks about uh, when we judge others that same um, way, we will be judged ourselves. He also talks about forgiveness, how we need to forgive others. And if we're not forgiving others, then Jesus will not forgive us. So our measure as believers in 2021, it consists of our time, our attention, our submission to his words, our attendance in worship, our opportunities to grow with other believers in groups, and opportunities to love people when it's not easy and when it's difficult. And for me, that is a challenging thing to hear, but also it's an encouraging thing. Because my goal for 2021 is to continue to grow in my relationship with Jesus. And I know that I can't do that if my lamp is hidden. If my lamp is under the bowl, if the light that God has so graciously given me is hidden and virtually non-existent in places and spaces in my life, then I'm not going to receive what God has for me and what he wants for me. I'm not going to fulfill the purposes that God has called me to if my lamp stays hidden or is diminishing and is not outright on who I am. And so I want to challenge you and encourage you to reflect and think about those things. I'm going to read the parable one last time and then we'll close. He said to them, do you bring in a lamp to put it under a bowl or a bed? Instead, don't you put it on a stand? For whatever is hidden is meant to be disclosed, and whatever is concealed is meant to be brought out into the open. If anyone has ears to hear, let them hear. Consider carefully what you hear, he continued. With the measure you use, it will be measured to you even more. Whoever has will be given more. Whoever does not have, even what he has will be taken. And so I urge you, to be the light that God has called you to be. 
and don't allow your lamp to be hidden from anyone and walk in obedience and pride and joy of being unashamed of who Jesus is and what he's done in our lives. And there's no better way or time or opportunity to reflect on something like that than in communion, where we look at what we've done and who we are in our relationship with Jesus. So I'm going to pray, and then we're going to take communion together as a body. Lord, I thank you for today, and I thank you for who you are and what you've done. Lord, I pray that um, we honor you this year with our lives and our hopes and our dreams. Help us to be lights that are not under bowls or under, under beds. Help us to be lights that are on stands, that are reflecting you when we're at work and when we're at home and when we're at school and when we're at the store and whatever else and things we do, that we are an accurate reflection of who you are and not only who you are, but what you've done in our lives. We are thankful for Jesus. We are thankful that you have died and you have called us into life and life everlasting. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.